Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I am Lana Reed, and welcome to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Molly Apple and Joe Dunn are uh, relationship coaches, lovers, best friends, and authors of the award-winning books, The Soulmate Experience, A Practical Guide to Creating Extraordinary Relationships, and the newly released sequel, The Soulmate Lover, A Guide to Passionate and Lasting Love, Sex, and Intimacy. Taking a snippet from their website, Molly and Joe say that as you incorporate even just a few of these ideas into your own life, all your relationships will begin to feel more loving, more connected, um, and more rewarding. You'll find yourself feeling confident, excited, and inspired. And you will realize that you have everything it takes to create and sustain your own soulmate experience. This sounds like some pointers and tips that we could all use. I'm so happy that they're hanging out with me today and extend a great big welcome to them both. Molly and Joe, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hello, Lana. Hi, Lana. How are you doing? I am well. I'm well. And how are you two doing today? We are fabulous. Awesome, awesome. And we love uh, your name, we have to tell you. Our daughter's <laughs> named Lana too, so we're <laughs> very interesting. It's very rare that I run into Lana's, you know, I tell people there's uh, some significance behind my, behind my name. My mother named me after um Svetlana. She uh, defected from Russia the year I was born, but I don't meet too many Lana's. So, hello to your daughter and and nice to meet a kindred name spirit out there. So, you guys are on your way to see her after we're done with this, huh? We are. We're taking her down to look at some colleges. Okay, cool. So she's a young one. She is 17. 17. Okay, okay. The only one? Well, we got a couple well, others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a, a couple okay. in their mid-20s. Okay, 20s. okay. Yeah. So, okay, so no, we got some young ones running around, not new to the parenting thing. So I was reading you guys' website, you guys' website. We're going to get this right. I was reading your website. And on it, I, I stumbled across this quote that people say that you are the happiest couple they've met. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think people say that about you two? We have a, we have a little bit of an addendum to that. We recently <laughs> heard there's a restaurant we frequent that when we go in, the way people say to each other, who wants to wait on the affectionate couple? <laughs> they like they like us. Because <laughs> we're when they walk up to us, we're not having a bad time. We're talking and engaged and happy and enjoying each other's company. <laughs> yeah, because you know, sometimes you know you go out in places and you see people, and it's very clear that they're you know in some sort of relationship. But you know he's kind of positioned his body this way, she's positioned her body that way. And there's no connection between the two, and you're looking at them as an outsider looking in, and you're like, why are you guys even together? So yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's, and, and to answer your question, I think why that's happening is there's so much that can get in the way of a cool connection. And our mission has, uh, has always been together to help people not let that stuff accumulate or, you know, heal it and free themselves of it if it does. Right. Awesome. awesome. Now, it's clear that you guys have gotten it right. And how long have you guys been together? We've been together a dozen years. A dozen years. So before this dozen years happened, I'm assuming that you guys were having relationships with other people. Did you guys always have it right, or did it just click when the two of you guys got together? I think that both of us were on a mission to work on ourselves and improve those relationships. We we have that in common when we met. We mm-hmm. actually met through a conversation about how to have great relationships. Awesome. Yeah, without pictures or statistics um, about age or anything like that, you know, we we didn't get into that. We just started having this great conversation about awesome. something we were both interested in, and uh, it, and it was fun to uh, bring it together and say, okay, let's try all this stuff we've been reading about and studying. And um, I think that's one of the secrets to to making it work is if both people independently are working on their own stuff. Okay, okay. You know, and you find a lot of times in relationships, we're so damaged, but we don't know we're damaged, and we're trying to, like, involve other people in our chaos without, you know, working through our own issues, and um, I've always felt that that was something very important that people need to do is – kind of work on yourself before you bring all of this jazz to the table. I know you're not probably going to have it all fixed, but 
at least you're you're working on it, and that's the foundation or some of the foundation for some healthy um, love relationships. And you know, I think that's wonderful that you guys were like working on your stuff there. And I and came. I think Vaughn, it's not something that you do and then you get into the relationship. It's yes. a way of life. True. To you know, watch, evolution. Yes. To Go ahead. watch our own stuff coming up. To watch what we're contributing. To watch, um, you know, what kind of stuff from our past still needs to be looked at and healed, which is hard work, but really rewarding. And it does show up <laughs> if you look for it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes when you're you know, married or boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, it's human nature. You know, I'm not the problem. He or she is the problem. So, you know, it sometimes is a little difficult to set, step back and say, wait a minute, maybe this is my my mess, my garbage, you know. Probably and I have anytime, to... <laughs> anytime you're pointing the finger at your partner. Yeah, you know, I need to own this because we as a couple are not going to be able to move forward until I own, you know, my responsibility yeah. in this situation. So, and, you know, these – go ahead. And the more that you work on yourself, the better your relationship becomes, even if your partner isn't doing the same. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so I'm curious. Time and time again. I'm curious, you know, listening to you just now, the, just in the short span of time, and you started talking to each other. It was a conversation about relationships. When, and either one of you can take this, when did you have that aha moment and say, he is the one or she is the one? Well, Gosh, I think the aha moment, well, it was all along the way the first four years, but the real aha moment for us in terms of our work together mm-hmm. was after four years when we realized okay. that, you know, we had this amazing relationship and we could either continue to have it and just enjoy it or we could, you know, basically dissect it and write about it and uh, and that's what we decided to do and and it's just, you know, made our relationship so much stronger, that uh, that constant inquiry into what makes relationships great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I think me, I let, had that a little bit sooner before, four years. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't we, take me that long. <laughs> yeah, we had been dialoguing, intense dialogue, as a lot of people do when they're, when they're uh-huh. dating online, and they'll ha- get into an intense email dialogue and then eventually they meet the person and and the spark isn't there when we met four weeks after an intense dialogue Mm -hmm. i saw this man's eyes and it was like i was looking into uh, it was like i was looking into a dream like i'm Uh supposed to be here i knew at the moment i sat down at the table across from him i am supposed to be here it was very very it was a profound feeling that's never gone away Awesome. I think I like her response better, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take four years to realize that. <laughs> the women win on this one. I think the way she responded, you know, and it's so because that's what you 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 hope for, you you desire, you know, that you, you meet this person and it's a spontaneous something just tells you this this is the one. This is where I'm supposed to be. All of that other struggles and trials uh, trials and tribulations that I went to with, with went through with other people, this makes it worthwhile. You know. So um you know, it's, it's always kind of maybe that's a female thing. Maybe that's the female fantasy. You know, you and you say, okay, it's finally a reality. You see that with Molly and Joe. You know, she has her. I am supposed to be here. Uh-huh. This is this is it. Amazing. Now I now, have to say, to be honest, that that isn't the only time it happened to me. Okay. And the other times it happened to me, those relationships, I feel like they were totally meant to be as well. And. I don't discredit them because we've changed our involvement, as I like to say. I don't like to say the relationships end because they really, really don't. You still have, even if you don't see the person mm-hmm. um, after you've you've broken up, you still have a relationship with your memory and your experiences of them. And if there's children in, involved, you definitely have an ongoing forever relationship with them. So I still feel like those relationships in my past were meant to be and to get me to the place where... I could be in this relationship with Joe. Awesome. Now, you you mentioned something, you know, that's kind of home for me, that um, you had other relationships with other uh, men, and, you know, they were important. They, um, you had that connection with. So the question arises for me, is it possible to have more than one soulmate in this lifetime? Absolutely. Awesome. 
That's why we call our book The Soulmate Experience, because it's an experience of that soulmate connection mm-hmm. that you can have. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a love interest, right? You, you can mm-hmm. have that with a child or with a friend. or with a parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's To us, it's here's one way to look at it. If we okay. were all, and this is the best way I can put it, if we were all fully enlightened, we would feel that deep soul connection with every person on the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's idealized, but it gives you kind of the idea of why, you know, we believe that soul deep connection is, is possible with more than one person. I've certainly experienced it and still have that conversation with a couple of the people I've experienced it with. Yeah, you still experience it. Yes. I still experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so you are with Joe and he is your soulmate. Now, How are there not any boundary lines where you can not cross, where you can't have soulmate experiences with Ten other people. <laughs> I think that would be super hard to navigate. That would get so complicated that I'm not interested. It would take it would take all your energy to navigate. When when people and a lot of people are trying alternative relationships these days, and I have to say a lot of people aren't ready because they don't have the tools to deal with all the stuff that's going to come up because of it. When we when we investigate a complicated situation, a polyamorous situation, a threesome, whatever, lots and lots of stuff are going to come to the forefront that need attention and energy, and most of us do not have the tools or the time or the energy to deal with that stuff. So I think those have to be gone into really consciously. And besides, we're having so much fun, just the two of us, that, you know, there's just no <laughs> point in having those soulmate connections outside. Okay, okay. Because, you know, I was just wondering, I said, we still have soulmate-like connections with other people, so where do you cut off and say, wait a minute, Joe gets all of this, and you guys just get like a, hey, hi, how you doing, you know? <laughs> we, we don't define that at all, Lana. Uh, okay. You know, we don't really have those uh, those boundaries, but okay. you mean make make rules or agreements? Right. Yeah, We're there's not... no there's no need for that okay. between us because again, the the connection is so powerful. It's like it's like it is at the beginning of a relationship where it's so powerful you don't have any interest in going outside. It's still like that, and I think that's why we felt the need to write these books is to offer people a mm-hmm. lot of ideas of how to keep their place there's space between them so clean that the connection stays that at that intensity. Okay, okay. Now, in your book, because um, we're talking about soulmate relationships, you talk about there's some people in uh, what you describe as conventional relationships, and there's a difference between soulmates uh, relationships or experience. Um, is it easy to transition uh, from conventional to soulmate, or once you're in a conventional structured type relationship, it's best to just give it a wrap and, and try something with a different person? Well, I think it depends on how much stuff you've got stuffed under the carpet. Okay. And how much both people want to, you know, evolve in terms of their relationship with each other. We, we're working with a couple now that's been together some 25 years or so, and it's amazing to me, and I'm so honored to know them because they're willing to look at that stuff they've packed away and unpack it together and let it go and it's working so i think in that case it really does take the intention of both parties to to get back or get to a new connected place mm-hmm. oh, okay so you have to be willing to you know look at your stuff to make that transition to a soulmate experience all right awesome tips you know what i'm looking at the time you two we're going to take our first commercial break you folks stay with me we'll be right back right after this Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Today I'm hanging out with Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. They are the authors of the book, uh, The Soulmate Experience, A Practical Guide to Creating 
extraordinary relationships. And before the uh, break, we were talking about the difference between conventional relationships and um, soulmate relationships. And I, I had a thought that maybe if I could get the two of you to define uh, or give us some characteristics, what exactly is a conventional relationship? I think some people might, might not even know that they're partaking in this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we, we, let's look at where do we learn about relationships? Okay. We're not really not taught how to have great ones. We Some of us have the advantage of having parents that get along super well and respect each other and accept each other and work together and all of that. Most of us don't. Um, <laughs> and and we have, then we have the media, and it's getting, more, it's getting worse and worse today. The, the examples of how to get along with, with others are just awful. Like it, it, a lot of it has to do with the reasons we go into relationship is because we're Besides the fun part, we're looking for somebody to offer us validation, to make up for our places where we don't feel worthy. Um, and, and relationships based on that are bound to have some issues come up. So there's a lot of fear going into it. There's a lot of things we want to try to keep in place by establishing rules, agreements, guidelines. We want to box each other in. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> We want to put ourselves in little boxes and our relationship in a little box and hope that nothing uh, scary happens. Because that's what feels safe when we do that, yes. or as safe as we can get mm-hmm. yes. in a conventional sense. Yeah, but safety also means that kind of safety, which is never really safe because we can ever, never, ever predict the future. Um, it, it begins to curtail the love, affection, excitement that we felt at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes to mind real quick. A um, long time ago, I had a uh, a female acquaintance. Uh, we worked together, and she was in a very uh, abusive, physically abusive relationship. And I had talked to her. You know, why do you stay here? That's you know, he he clearly doesn't love you. Why? And she said, you know, my mother um, and my father, you know, partook in this type of relationship. I think I assume this is how he loves me. I don't know mm-hmm. any different. Right, you know right. So it comes to mind what you say. Sometimes we're in because this is all we know. This is what we think is normal. This is this is uh, unfortunately our comfort zone. Yeah. So um, and, and it took a lot. You know, I saw her some years later. You know, with some therapy. You know, she was progressing. But you know, it was just really sad to me that you know sometimes we do not get the best examples of how to love ourselves or how to conduct a healthy relationship. So Exactly, exactly. And exactly why we talk about the difference between what we've called conventional and what we've called the soulmate or more conscious model for relationship. Because we didn't get that education mm-hmm. when we were young. So if we realize the number one reason that people are in abusive relationships is because of, of feelings of low self-worth, of not being enough. That's how we attract that into our lives in the first place. But nobody tells us that. Awesome. awesome. So we don't know how so, to get out of that trap. Yeah, I mean, you keep on going to that same type of person over and over right. again. You get the same result. And, yeah. And, you and then what is that? That quote and saying that's that's the reason that this relationship is a problem is because of that person and what they're doing. Instead of saying, "Whoa, wait a second, why would I ever invite somebody yes. like this into my life?" True. Awesome. Awesome. So, what are the difference between, or what are some traits of a soulmate relationship? How do you know you're involved in that? So, I think the very first thing is that responsibility for ourselves and for taking care of ourselves. And appreciating ourselves is a huge one. When when two people come together and both of them fully respect and love themselves, or at least not fully, but are headed in that direction, mm-hmm. wow, what a different basis for their... As opposed to what we look at in the conventional model, which, you know, looking to each other for, you know, to, to fill me up, to, uh, to complete me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh. So when you come to a relationship, taking responsibility for yourself each one of you, then it's like you have two whole people coming together to create this wonderful thing. And you're not going to allow somebody to abuse you because your number one, your number one focus is I'm, I'm responsible for taking care of myself. And that right there means you're not going to attract somebody in your life who's, who's not going to treat you well. Now, you said something that you hear everybody saying all the time is, you know, I'm looking for somebody to complete me. Now, <laughs> 
what would be the alternative thinking for approaching relationships? I'm looking for someone to... I'm looking for someone to enhance me. Okay. And, okay. And, and we talk about something called leapfrog. We have a whole chapter on that. And that's when, when we've got two people standing on their own two feet, then we have this matrix for actually helping each other become much better versions of ourselves. You know, whatever it is, whatever dreams I have... Joe can help me with that. He can help raise me up even farther. Yeah. So that's the leapfrog. Uh, right, just like the, the children's game, you know, where okay. one person is offering the other the uh, the support to to make a leap. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing in a in a soulmate relationship. So if I have you know personal beliefs like I'm not good enough, most of us have that some aspect of that. Whether it's I'm not smart enough or I'm not pretty enough or whatever it is we can actually help each other heal those limiting ideas about ourselves because because we have this solid ground that we're both standing on. And when your partner can help you heal from something like that, it just makes for this incredibly connected relationship. Okay. Now, some people are listening and it will come to mind. There, There is a... Sometimes there's a battle, a subconscious battle between men and women where either party might feel like uh, he or she is trying to change me. In this relationship, they're trying to change me. Mm-hmm. But that's very different from you're trying to enhance that person or you're trying to use one of uh, the leapfrog te- uh, techniques that you guys um, bring about. Yes, very what good it- point because because when when we're playing this game of leapfrog, we want to be very aware that we're helping our partner advance in areas that they're interested in being better, not the ones we think they should. <laughs> right, right. It's not because we have an agenda for them. Okay. You would be the perfect man if, you know, and <laughs> and, and, and so many people. And like you said, there's no rule book. We're not, you know, handed this guidebook. You know, turn to page 65, paragraph 3, this is how you deal with this, you know. So a lot of times, unfortunately, couples are winging it. And we make so many mistakes when we're winging it. Um, and the results are so apparent uh, across the nation of, you know, you, hear, you read the statistics and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Some of us just don't have good role models, good examples to follow. And I think this is where two of you are playing a valuable part in f- fixing a lot of that. That's, w- that's what we wrote this for. It's, it's like turning relationship into a game you can't lose, <laughs> to a game you can't, you, you can't help but win, yeah. a game you can't you. You it? can't help but lose to a game you can't help but win. There you um, go. Another big difference between conventional and what we're calling a soulmate relationship is that you um, realize that being in the relationship together is an ongoing choice for both of you. And it's a choice you just have to keep making over and over and over. It's right? a cho- Yes, and it's something you can't assume your partner is going to make. And that changes the dynamics incredibly. You stop... As soon as you stop taking them for granted. You t- stop then. taking them for granted. You stop having these expectations about how they behave and what they do. And you really create a space of freedom, the same space that's there when you first met, the space that made it so incredible to begin with. Okay. Now, what do the two of you guys do when you have a bad day? I'm assuming every day is not a wonderful day. There has to be some day where he leaves his cup on the table too long or she's in the bathroom too long. How do you get past the bad days? Well, you know, Molly is is awesome in that, you know, for those little annoyances Uh that you sort of just described, leaving your cup on the table for too long, she has managed to, you know, figure out a way to look at that as a reminder of what she considers this awesome human being in her life. Absolutely. So if there's something like that that I'm telling myself he shouldn't leave his cup on the table too long, (laughs) I would never say to him, you shouldn't do that. I would look at that and say, wow, that cup on the table is my, it's sitting there as my reminder that I have this amazing man in my life. Mm -hmm. And that, because gratitude is one of the most powerful components to a really amazing relationship experience. And the cup is not all that important, you know. If Joe goes out and, as he likes to say, gets hit by the beer truck tomorrow, I'm not going to give a crap about the cup that was sitting on the table. Sure. I'm going to look back at, wow, I had this total life filled of gratitude for him. 
And it changes everything, and it also means that if I ever say, oh, you know, I, I, or he sees me picking up the cup, that might... It'd be a great uh, uh, demonstration, you know, for me. A great, you know, reminder. Hey, I can do that. That he then he starts doing it without yeah. me ever saying a word. Yeah, sometimes you know, just being a good role model for our partner is much better than trying to, you know, cajole them or manipulate them into doing something. This this it sounds like a whole heap of personal evolution and growth for some of us, you know, because it's it's. You know, after day after day of being in the company of one person, there's a lot of us out there, um, just for example, because, because we're talking about the cup. That cup becomes a major problem that can fester into so many areas. And, you know, like I said, you have managed to turn it. You've grown. You've evolved so much and said, you know what, let me look at this from another angle. Let me appreciate the fact that um, – Despite this, I have this wonderful man in my life, and that that symbolize that cup symbolizes yes. this man in my. But that's that's so much growth in the it individual. Is, it, but it is amazing when you get the hang of this, using <laughs> these things as reminders. And I might even get more specific. I might say that that cup is here to remind me how much help this person gives me, um, whatever it is, in the kitchen or with my career or whatever, like. That's the specific reminder that cup's there for me. Okay. And I think, um, Lana, and for people in conventional relationships, you know, that cup is probably just a symbol of all of the undealt with stuff that has come up in a relationship. And, and I think what Molly and I have done is, you, you know, whatever stuff was there, we have been diligent about, you know, shining light on it and clearing it out so that when something like the cup shows up on the table too long, it doesn't symbolize for us a bunch of crap that's built up. Yeah, it doesn't pull, like, energy out of us, you know, all the other things that we've felt resentful about and we've stuffed. What happens mm. when you see that cup and you've done that is all that other stuff starts to come up and get attached to it. And that's why we get so incensed about something that's so small. Yeah, so it's never the cup. It's always right? something else. It's always, always something or oh. many things, many other things. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. We are going to take a quick commercial break. You two hang in there with me. We'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back. I'm hanging out with the authors of the book, uh, the sequel, The Soulmate Lover, A Guide to Passionate and Lasting Love, Sex and Intimacy. Uh, that would be Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. And before the break, we were talking about cups and leaving them on the table too long. Um, but I want to uh, talk or kind of move into some other areas that are problematic for people in their relationships and having, you know, this joyous thing that we see the two of you have. Um, on your website, I noticed um, that you have a whole tab dedicated just to jealousy so first off i mean my first inkling is that must be a very important uh topic for you i, th I see you guys even teach a course on jealousy <laughs> why 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 is jealousy such an important issue well i think it's just because we see it come up so often in so many relationships and it can be so destructive to a relationship in so many ways Okay. Yeah, and people, again, don't have good tools for how to deal with it. Okay. Now, some people might not think they're being jealous when they they're actually are. Some people think that that's just a natural item or issue that a relationship should be. Um, you know, like you shouldn't talk on the phone to your friend that you work with or something like that. So are there some guidelines to this whole jealousy thing? <laughs> well, I think if you're just dealing with a very little bit of it, it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to use it in a positive way. Okay. But when it's, when it's destructive, when you have arguments, when you are feeling constantly scared about what your partner might or might not be doing, you find yourself reading their texts or worrying about them not seeing, you know, we had mm -hmm. talked to one couple recently where if he didn't, if he didn't get the, if they sent a text and it didn't show up as delivered, she would immediately wonder, where is he that he's not getting it? You know, I want to know. Wow. And 
that kind of stuff, and it's not uncommon, can be so devastating. And just no fun at Mm-mm. all to go through. You know, I really, you know, living, yeah, I'll be 46 next week. So living in these times, you know, you see all these people, couples, and just everybody with cell phones. And I'm remembering, uh, you know, back when I was dating, um, previous to the cell phone technology and even in my marriage, how relationships thrived and grew without this instantaneous 24 hours a day access to another person. Yes. Uh, and it seems to me that it was a little easier to emotionally maintain when I didn't have to worry about here it is. I'm, I'm, I have a tool to connect me to this person at my will, at my whim, and I'm expecting them to, um, respond to me at my whim. And that, um, that, that's, that's kind of tricky there because people should be going about and doing their lives and when you come back at some particular time we celebrate the fact that you enjoyed your life and i enjoyed my life and i don't need to be connected to you 24 hours a day um i think we've seen it we've seen it have a a very negative impact not not only in that we think the person should be immediately available to us all times but we've got this other way of sort of using our fears to investigate their lives Mm -hmm. slyly Mm -hmm. on the side, you know, look at their friends, look at who they've been posting to, and all of this stuff that we may honestly can drive ourselves more crazy than ever. Yeah, we've never run into one person doing that who said, oh, yeah, all that makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I read some report where they said, like, Facebook is now, like, in the ranks of the major cause of divorces uh, these days. And, I mean, that's kind of scary to me. Like, a social media site, a website, the Internet is responsible for you and your potential love not being together anymore. That is such a large statement there to kind of absorb. Yes, yes. We we actually um, know of a couple who had said that, they feel like they are um, trusting each other in that they are both allowed to access each other's account and check up on what each other has been doing and who they've been texting or emailing. And we've just no, like, no, 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 you're supposed to be interacting with each other. This is a romantic date now, and both of them have their cell phones out, heads down, and they're, you know, click, 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 and I'm like, that's not a date. You guys are not, no, you're supposed to be engaged with each other. But it's it's the world that we live in today, and we have to find some sort of way to to navigate through this and, and, and better ourselves through it, you know, and incorporate it into our lives, but keep it out of our relationships at the same time. We we have known a couple of people who are having dinner parties or parties where there are no cell phones allowed. And awesome. it's very cool to go to these. We went to a big festival um, a couple of weeks ago that was a four-day event. And to go around with all these people and nobody's looking at a phone, it's really just a, just a wonderful feeling. And everybody's happy and <laughs> awesome. joyful. Breath of fresh air. We should do that more often. We should do that way more often. But I could talk about that forever. So let me let me get back to you guys. Um, I have a, a question here. Uh, you hear this quite often uh, when it comes to couples, especially marriage. Um, this thing, this concept called the seven year itch, and that's uh, where we tend to get a little complacent. What is the uh, phrase? Familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Um, right. How do you how do you guys uh, suggest that people? either not even get to that point or if they're at that point, kind of segue out of that. Well, that one of the things we talk about in one of the chapters in our first book is called Exploring the Edges. And <laughs> and that is really um, to keep going to the edge of where we're comfortable, our comfort zone, and doing it together um, mm-hmm. gives us these new experiences all the time. So Joe and I, you know, when something new comes up, we're, <laughs> even if we're both nervous, we're like, we know we have to try <laughs> we, this. We look at each other and roll our eyes and go, okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay. okay. For, the, for the purpose of being, you know, being in a place of the unknown. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it might it might be something like um, a few years back we were sitting having dinner. Uh, it was outdoors square. There was a woman there with a bunch of hula hoops, and she was mm. giving hula hoop lessons. And I looked at Joe, and he's like, oh, oh. no. <laughs> he knew. We not only went out there, and he was totally abysmal at it, <laughs> we took a little course from her for several with our daughter. We went to a hula hoop course, and Joe eventually learned how to hula hoop. And that's the kind of thing. It sounds crazy, but what fun! We had fun, and it, when you are exploring on an edge like that, you're just bound to have a new experience, not only of what you're doing, but of each other. You won't even notice that seven-year mark come and go. <laughs> you know, and and you guys mentioned something I think is so important that I've always um, recommended is that couples need to make or friendships or any kind of bond need to make memories. So, you know, you can sit on the couch two years later and say, you remember that time we went to that restaurant, that lady had the green hair and there was a dog. And I mean, you need to have memories with each other. And I just think, I think that it, it kind of solidifies the bond that you have with another individual. Um, I, I just, it's just a, a, the hula hoop thing. I, Joe, you are the man now, right? <laughs> <laughs> See you out there working it, right? That's right. I got pretty good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, um, you've got this other book that I mentioned when we came back from a commercial break, and that is uh, The Soulmate Lover. Now, you re-released it. It's a sequel, I think. Let me get this straight. Right, a sequel. And there's this awesome, amazing, beautiful cover on it. Uh, what will readers find in this particular book? Hmm. So we really take all of the ideas from the first book and take them into the realm of sexuality. And let's talk about exploring the edges. Okay. When we were at this festival a couple of weeks ago, we had an opportunity to try on a Zentai suit. That is a Lycra suit that completely covers your body, hands, feet, and head, zips up the back, and you are in this skin-tight bodysuit. Unrecognizable. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we had so much fun exploring the nose, just just touching and trying out yoga poses and dancing and really very sensual experience that was totally unlike anything we'd ever done before. So, again, that kind of theme runs throughout our book is in in, in sexuality we want to be willing to explore something different. Okay. Now that brings to mind... um I think people say that a lot of your tips and, and tools that you give people are unconventional. Yes. Why? Why is why? Why do people say that? Well, <laughs> because the conventional stuff, you know, doesn't <laughs> seem to keep everything so exciting. Okay. You know, the unconventional. If it things, were working, but... we'd have a lot more successful relationships. We'd be looking at. Okay, so let me let me propose this uh, hypothetical situation to you. So a. Ten year, to a couple who's been together ten years, um, they go to see a counseling service therapist, whatever. And we're having this problem. Um, you know, she's over here, I'm over here. Typically speaking, what do you see in conventional services when it comes to relationship counseling? Well, uh, I first have to say that there are great relationship counselors, and there are ones who maybe are not so great. Mm-hmm. And that if a couple's going to one, they've both got to feel like this has been a positive experience. To be able to pick somebody that's the right fix, the right match for them. Um, one of the things that's become very clear to us when we've been coaching people is that each person, we focus more on each person than on the relationship per se. Okay. Because each person, when you've got an issue or many issues in your relationship, each person has their own work to do, their own, we like to call it their growth edge, what they're up against. And if each person, you focus on each person's issues and how they can work through them and deal with them, the relationships improve dramatically as a result. Instead of saying, you guys together have to try this or try that, these uncomfortable things. That mm-hmm. Okay, so instead of saying the both of you together have to zip up in a latex suit, maybe just one of you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to get on the same page. I'm just trying to get on the same page. Okay. So let's go back to the soulmate lover book here. Um, you talk about sensual dates. Now you've always heard anybody, any relationship uh, therapist will say, you know, you guys have to make sure you maintain date night. You got to go on date night. But your concept of 
date night is a little has a little twist to it. Uh, what is a sensual date? Well, first of all, the date night we're not so crazy about. You have to. You have to because then for one or the other, you know, the have to energy is not much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ideally, sure. ideally mm-hmm. it would be something that you both choose to do willingly, you know, for for fun and connection, not because it's Tuesday night and that's what we said our date night was going to be. So, but okay. if we come up with these cool, exciting things to do, an essential date might be we're going to collect a bunch of really, really sexy foods and just not do anything conventional with them and just gotcha. explore them fully, uh, you know, totally getting into their colors and textures and tastes and feeding each other and anything else that comes to mind. That kind of date is really cool. Okay. Okay, so we're going to get the uh, conven- the fruits and all of the, the- Cheese and all that stuff, and we're going to zip up in the latex suit, and nobody's going to be able to eat anything. (laughs) Okay. You guys, hold on for me. We're going to take the last commercial break of the day, and we're going to talk some more about the book. So hang in there with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back. I've learned some information today from the authors of the book, The Soulmate Lover, A Guide to Passionate and Lasting Love, Sex and Intimacy. That would be Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. Now, um, I've had the privilege of uh, looking at the, the release sequel, the cover, and off the bat, just looking at it, it kind of, to me, evokes yin and yang and like an appreciation of the human body. Did I get that right or did I miss it? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got that. <laughs> you nailed it. We, okay. it, it and I'm going to describe it a little bit. Um, it's a black and white photograph of us uh, nude. Okay. Um, and I actually had these photographs taken for my 50th birthday. It's what I wanted to do for myself. But when I saw this photograph, it just struck me as so, honestly, so beautiful that I wanted to put it on the cover of a book. And when we found out that because there's a woman's nipple showing, it wouldn't be allowed to be shown in so many places like Facebook and Amazon. If you can you can have so many um, violent images or or raunchy images, but you uh-huh. can't show a beautiful piece of art because a woman's nipples shown. We just we have to put this on a cover. Yeah, be part of this movement. There's actual an actual movement called Free the Nipple, a movie just uh-huh. out a couple of weeks ago about okay. this. So okay. our, our timing was perfect. <laughs> I, I see. So how long has it uh, the sequel been out? About we just, three months. Ago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, three yeah. months. Okay. And so the that only came about a month ago. So there's a regular cover that doesn't have a nipple on it. <laughs> okay. So people can see the get the information uh, from the book, but where do they go to get the the uh, X-rated version? Let's say, no, although it's not really the, X-rated, but the mild the mild R-rated version. The, <laughs> I think it's PG-13 these yeah. days, right? Yeah. <laughs> That they can see that on our website, which is thesoulmateexperience.com. And while they're there, they can download two free chapters from each book. Okay. And there's so much great stuff packed in those two chapters that I would just strongly recommend all your listeners go and uh, and download those chapters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, will we, t- we are we going to be leading a c- campaign to get it on Amazon, or is it yeah, always? We're going to be looking into that. We have, of course, the, of course, our regular books. The regular cover is available everywhere, including Amazon. Uh, and at the moment, we're just special sales for the special cover. But we're going to be looking into it. Uh, one of the funny things about Amazon is if you've got a book like this, they might censor you all of your work. So so we have to be cautious, yeah. cautious about it. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm kind of puzzled because, you know, I've taken the time to kind of look at the cover and I've looked at it again. And, and like you said, so much other stuff out there in this world floating around, what you see on um, social media sites, what I see on TV um, yes. is way worse. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. But no nipple. Yeah. yeah. You know so what much I'm of what you see when you look at it now, especially covers of books, or uh, you'll see that the nipple is carefully concealed. 
Okay. You know what, now, you know, just adding a little humor to our previous conversation, um, I remember years and years and years ago, there was a Janet Jackson album cover, and she had on latex, but she had her nipple out. So maybe mm-hmm. you guys should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> And we Put would on have you on Amazon. Just show the nipple. Oh, <laughs> and you know that was the album cover, and she got away with that. So maybe we just need to, you know, be creative about it. You know, but uh, it's just like I said. You know, she can do that, but you know, you guys can't have the book cover. It's just it's really kind of backwards to me. But you know, okay, it's crazy world. Now, you talk about, uh, in this book, you talk about sex deepening the connection between couples, and I think sometimes sex takes relationships um, so many different directions. Mm-hmm. How does a, a couple use it as a tool to bring them closer together, build their bond and their connection? Well, I think one of the best ways is through um, what we have a chapter in our book called sexual he- about sexual healing. Mm-hmm. You know, because so many of us come to a relationship where we're wounded in some area sexually, mm-hmm. and gosh, our partner can be just so wonderful to to help us you know get get through that and get past that issue let You'll, it go you know it could be an idea we have about ourselves that we're some part of our body isn't sufficient or we're not attractive in a certain position or we're not just wor- we're not worthy of pleasure to begin with all of those things somebody who loves you can be so incredibly helpful and it's such a connecting thing to go through these kinds of healing processes together. And these aren't some kind of woo-woo things. Mm-hmm, We're talking mm-hmm. about very practical ways to, you know, one thing, if, you're, if your partner has an issue with one of their body parts, a very typical one, somebody might believe their breasts are too small or too large, mm-hmm. is to just make love to that body part Mm-hmm. while encouraging the person to actively let go of any thoughts about their inadequacy that come up during that. Mm-hmm. I like that. An amazing thing. Amazing. Chance. And, you know, I, I have found that so many times we worry about these types of things and our partners are not, it's not even a, a, on their radar. It's not even a blip on their radar. It's just so self-internalized, uh, yeah, and we might have been giving our message that message it to ourselves like half a million times over the course of 20 years. And if mm-hmm. you can finally let that message out to your partner, assuming that they're receptive and open, um, it, there's a huge sense of relief that comes with having someone to share that message with, you know, that maybe you've never done before. And it's unbelievably powerful how a couple of sessions like that can let you let go of a lifetime of a belief that's been not serving you at all. And it's an amazingly freeing experience. Now, we've been spending a lot of time today talking about the relationships that we see potential and possibility they can work, you know, your soulmate lover, your soulmate experience. Now, I'm pretty sure you've been in situations in your interaction with, with people where these two people are not soulmates. They never will be. They never will be soulmate lovers. Um, how do you how do you recognize somebody is not that one for you? So, so I think that's something that people have to decide for themselves. However, as long as they're choosing to be together, whether it's for one day, a week, another year, using that relationship to look at themselves, work on their own stuff is going to not only improve the relationship they're in, but it's going to put them into a better position for creating a truly great relationship in the future. So I don't know that I worry so much about whether you've got the one, but whether you're using the relationship you have now for the best, to create the best you, you possible. And I think people know, I think people know it. Um, this is not going to, yes, intuitively, mm-hmm. that this is not really necessarily long-term stuff. But again, relationship, whether we recognize it consciously or not, is a choice we make every day. So unless you're in an abusive situation where somebody's absolutely got you cornered, you're making a choice to be there and to use that relationship to the best of your ability to create the best you you possible is the, the best thing you can do toward either creating a better relationship that's, that's good enough for you to stay in for the moment or getting yourself in a position to attract that one in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in staying in a crappy relationship and just being miserable about it. You might as well at least use it for your growth. 
Yeah, so you can take the tool, what you learned there for the next one or, you know, just mm-hmm. like I said. Um, now, before we go, I want to make sure I get this out to everybody. You you two offer coaching uh, to individuals and couples. Um, we do. Now, and a lot of times people uh, will say, I don't need any help for anybody. I, I can do this myself. I can fix this myself. Why do you recommend somebody seek an outsider to help them with their relationship? Sometimes it's a catalyst that just makes everything happen so much faster. Because when when we work with people, we love for them to read our books first because there's so many incredible tools and ideas in there. And then when we work with them, it's way efficient to say, let's let's look at your situation through this lens and these possibilities. But it's just it can just be so much faster to work with somebody in just to somebody to guide you, right? Yes. To sort of lead you in the direction. I mean, you can do it on your own, but oftentimes we don't have the tools, we don't have the knowledge. Okay. So having somebody to uh, to just coach you might be enough. Okay. And um, I want to make sure I get all of this plugging in. They can sign up for or contact you guys for coaching at thesoulmateexperience.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. All righty. Now, what's next on Horizon for the two of you guys? Hmm. Ooh, we got another book in the works, but we can't really talk about it too much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's going to okay. be a good one. <laughs> okay. But we should expect it when? It's probably going to be at least another year out. It's another okay. um, going deeper into conversation around sexuality, which has honestly been my main interest my whole life. So to have a partner to continue to explore all of these ideas, like the sexual healing has been something that's interested me forever. And to have somebody to really go in there with me and, Help other people learn how to use these tools has just been a life, life, totally fulfilling. So some more stuff to get you blacklisted from Amazon, right? Exactly, yeah. All right. The two of you, we are at the end of the hour. I have so enjoyed you guys immensely. You know, relationships have always been my thing. So I love talking to people who are also in the same uh, line that I am. So I just think it's beautiful when two people come together and, and make some awesome stuff happen. And that's just amazing. So I've so enjoyed the two of you guys today. Um, my guests today have been Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. Please, please, please visit their website, thesoulmateexperience.com. Uh, sign up for some coaching. I think they've even got a newsletter that you can um, sign up for. And uh, Molly and Joe, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Lana, we had a great time. Thanks, thanks for being such a great host. It's been fabulous. Thank you, thank you. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week. 